hear the gospel of our Savior Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in the peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the labourer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. When you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Please take your seats. Can you bow our heads? Pray for them. say thank you very much uh, for the kind invitation. I was actually here about five months ago on a training day when we were being taught um, how to not beat interns up or anything terrible like that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of interns, Timothy's doing really well. Sends his regards. He's already in his first four or five weeks brought lots of lovely things to the good people of our training desert and he's full of surprises. <laughs> he's living in this lovely uh, little cottage right beside the church. <clears throat> and three weeks ago, I was walking past the door and I heard clickety click, 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 ping. Clickety click, click, ping. <laughs> Sounds like a typewriter. I didn't like to look, but I went back a few days later and he wasn't there, peered in the window. <laughs> and sure enough, he's using a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to him with that. <laughs> <laughs> I have two um, particularly vivid memories of College Chapel, and neither of them are sadly God centered as such. First was the day I painted. I was roughly where Bridget was sitting, the wrong place in that way. 
And uh, I remember, first of all, being very hot, being very cold. And then everything in the room was filled with the most lovely, heavenly echo, echo, echo. <laughs> and then I was in bed with a doctor. Here he had me. And I was there for a week. Dublin flu. Dublin flu. And my second memory of college chapel, in fact, I have memory, lots of them. These are two that came to mind. Was hearing our then principal, Jim Harden, uh, giving instruction on suitable and unsuitable clerical attire and warning us never to wear brown boots <laughs> to classic. Don't look too close <laughs> So, some thoughts on the chapter 10. <laughs> brown boots or not. Yeah. Look in the collect for today. It's referred to in what I think are lovely terms, uh, an evangelist, bringer of good news, and a physician of the soul. Speaking of evangelism, uh, a long, long time ago, in the 1980s, some bishops, I believe in the Church of England, expressed concern that many of our local churches were not doing anything of significance to reach their communities with the good news of Christ. So whatever this evangelism thing, it's meant to be they weren't making too much of a job of it. I've seen the churches were sort of jogging happily along week to week, singing hymns, baptizing infants, marrying young ones, burying the older dead ones, celebrating festivals and seasons, which are fantastic opportunities to build connections. But it seemed like nothing much was changing. They were doing the same old thing in the same old way. So they called for this thing called the Decade of Evangelism, 1990 to the year 2000, which overlapped more or less with my curacy years. I was ordained 31 years ago in 1991. And I was a curate for 10 years. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> uh, I'm a Lovely to meet someone here and Cameron, Ballyhole Connections. Uh, I was there for three really happy years. And as part of the decade of evangelism, we had um, a couple of events. But I remember, in particular, a week of outreach called Forward Together. And we invited a chap called Brendan McCarthy. Does anyone know Brendan? Um, and Brendan had, was then rector of places I'd never heard of, art, treading, and desert <laughs> Where I've now been for 21 years. <laughs> that was great. And then I moved to Coleraine, where I had the privilege of working with Morris and Kirsten and uh, many others. And we, we had Alpha courses as part of our evangelism. Uh, we had a week of mission with an English evangelist called Roger Murphy. But we're now in 2022. And that call of Jesus to his followers to go into all the world and gather a harvest of souls, as it's put in tonight's Gospel reading, is as pressing as it ever was. To those of you trained for ordination, and many of you here are, uh, that call to be good news people and physicians, healers of the soul, is important as ever. Uh, and it's a call to every Christ follower, whether you go down the route of ordination or not. We're called to be good news people and physicians of the soul. One of the things that strikes me when I read the New Testament is that planning evangelism didn't seem to be an issue. It seemed to just kind of 
it was like an overflow. I'm not sure they had committees to discuss how best to do it. Like lying from the sun, it was automatic, spontaneous, continuous, and some would say even contagious. It just happened. It happened like an overflow when someone's life was filled with the goodness and love of God. People encountered Jesus. Their lives were changed. They were forgiven. They were set free. They were healed. And out of overflow, they ran off to their friends and their neighbours about something good that had happened to them. Now, according to Luke, there were two occasions in which Jesus sent out teams to minister. The first team he sent out was that of his closest followers, meaning them as the twelve apostles. But a short time later, and we read about it today, Jesus sends out a bigger team. We're not told who they were, but Luke says there were 72. Some manuscripts apparently say there were 70. Now, as you know, as well as I do, Bible writers often use numbers with symbolic significance. And we reckon that the 70 out of the 12 represents the gospel going to Israel, and the sending out of the 70 of the 72 represents the gospel going to the wider world. Because it was apparently a common Jewish notion at the time that there were roughly 70 nations in the world. Now it struck me whenever I read the story that there were two parts to the call of Christ. The first part was come to me, follow me, stick close, and I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. Often uh, misinterpreted, particularly by young children, as come to me and I will make you vicious old men. <laughs> the second part of the call then, the first part is come, the second part is go. Just come and then go and pass all the news about me. And the call of Christ for us is just the same. Firstly, and most importantly, the call begins with the invitation to follow him. That's when Christian living begins, when we deliberately, purposefully center our lives in Jesus. Find out and understand why he died, why he came, what it means to follow him. And make a choice to follow, to trust, to learn, to grow. That's the first part of the call of Jesus on our lives. Come to me. The second part, also important, go. Now some of you will be called, I'm sure, to um, do upfront kind of ministry. Others will be called to do more in the background kind of ministry. And it's all important. As Jesus was sending people, he used a phrase that makes me slightly nervous. He said, sending you out like lambs among wolves. That might have made me think twice. But he said, look, it's not all going to be easy. It's going to be tough times. You're going to get opposition. You're going to be hassled. People will threaten you, fall out with you, call you an idiot, tell you to go away. Jesus said to them, don't take purse, don't take food, don't take extra shoes. What he was saying was, go and live by faith. I'm not sure in the CFI, certainly those of us who are ordained, fully understand or appreciate what that meant. I mean, we get a salary every month. Even during two dodgy years, it was a relief that the paycheck still came. But I have many other friends, and you probably do too, in other kinds of Christian ministry. 
and they really genuinely live by faith. Month to month, hoping that someone will give them some money, bring them some food, and that's how they live. So what about the message of the group that Christ sent out? Well, essentially it was a message of peace and a message of pardon. If people were open and believed, then they would experience the peace of Christ in their lives. If they were cynical and disbelieving, then they might have a lot of other things, but they wouldn't have peace. I'm pretty sure that when the disciples went down, they were made very welcome in some places and told where to go in other places. And in 31 years of ministry, I would say that's true. And ministry has changed an awful lot in 31 years. People were possibly more welcoming 31 years ago. They're more honest now, I think. And it actually makes it easier in some ways to have an honest conversation about faith. But a whole lot of things have changed. Let me give you a couple of personal reflections as I wrap up my thoughts. Uh, one night when I was in my teens, I had the sense that God had been prompting me to follow Christ and to give him my life. And I think I'd been questioning for many years. But the night came, that was decision time. And I had to either respond or reject that call. And that was the stage one that I told you about earlier. You know, that, that invitation from Christ to come Follow, trust, learn, stay close. Don't know what age I was, but roughly 16. Roughly 16. And I opted in with heart and mind, with more questions than answers. And all these years later, I probably still have more questions than answers. I've got a few more answers. And then several years later, in my early 20s, I remember going to Belfast to hear someone speak, and once again I heard that familiar prompting of God, and I remember thinking, uh-oh, I think I know what this is. And the speaker asked anyone who was willing to go anywhere in the world to stand. Look, I'm an introvert, okay? I'm a hands-in-the-pocket kind of guy. I'm not standing up type at all. It's not me. And it felt literally like someone had grabbed me by the ears and put me up. And I couldn't do anything. Stand. And that was stage two of God's call. The willingness, having been called, to go. I, I think I was in the middle of a biochemistry degree, and I thought, well, maybe I'll end up being a, a biochemist. I was a really keen musician, I thought of a career in music, and thought, willing to go anywhere to be a musician. What wasn't on my list was this <laughs> Ministry of the Church of Ireland. But lo and behold, that's what happened. Jesus still calls, and Jesus still sends. And ultimately, that's why you're here today. Second observation as a close, there's only three short ones. Uh, as you serve, as you go, try to be yourself, even if you use a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to play a role. Don't try to be what you think people expect you to be. Just be yourself. It's really, really important. Uh, and whatever hobbies or gifts you have, and Timothy was chatting to me too about, to me about this recently, keep those up. And keep up those, those connections. In my other life, uh, when I'm not doing this, 
I still work a lot as a guitar player. I have done for about 40 years. I'm living over my 40 years as a guitar player and 31 years as a game person. I'm amazed at conversations I've had with people. Sometimes going into a house with Claire McCullough on, sometimes popping in after a bereavement, on other occasions backstage with my mates after a concert, or having a late night Chinese, or pizza, or whatever. And I've had all kinds of conversations about me, both with and without coffee. So be yourself, and whatever interests you have, whatever you're involved in, just bring your faith with you. It's not rocket science. Final short reflection. COVID has changed everything. I know how you found the COVID years. I got quite down, which is not like me, but I got quite down during the first few weeks. I remember staying in bed. During the first two Saturdays of lockdown, literally not wanting to get up. I'm thinking, it's not like me. I've never been like this. And then Sunday mornings, it took a while when I eventually got used to Nigella Lawson on telly. Sunday prize, uh, slippers, watching all kinds of church services on YouTube. But it took more out of us than we realized. And one of the things I'm discovering as I chat with people is that people are more uppity than they were. People are more generally fed up than they were. And they're not even sure why. Called to see a lady last week, and her sight is failing. She said, I'm fed up. I'm just not coming back to church. People don't talk to me. And after talking to her for a while, I said, what about the big fella? He's about 27. He was my rector's warden three years ago. He's fed up too. I said, okay, sorry to hear that. I said, I'm really glad that he's got connections with the pipe band. He's fed up with the pipe band as well. And I'm hearing quite a lot of this. People are just uppity and fed up and snappy. And they kind of don't know why, but we do. So for those of you who have been called and who are being sent, or shortly will be sent, expect that whenever you call with people and talk with people. And make it your quiet prayer as you call with friends, whether colour or not, that you bring God's peace to the household and that you quietly leave there. And I'm kind of making that my quiet prayer now. With that lady who was fed up, and her son, who was fed up, I quietly prayed that God's peace would be with him and would make a difference. So go, you've been called, and now God calls you to go. And as you go, bring good news and bring the gift of peace. How was it put in the comment as I close? The wholesome medicine of the gospel. That's our call. May God bless you. You pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for time together in your presence. Thank you for your word to us in the scriptures. I pray you'll bless all my brothers and sisters here today. Thank you for the call to follow and for sending us to make a difference. To bring the wholesome mes message of the gospel. To bring the bearers of good news. So we pray for your strength and that you'll fan into flame the gifts your spirit has given us as we seek to serve you together. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.